there's good and bad in all of us. Some demons you just can't escape. I need your help. The devil has a new form more powerful than he's ever known. Save the world and lift your curse. I'm not afraid of you. You should be. The rider's coming. Hell yes. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance rated PG-13. Greetings, everyone out there in podcast listening land. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. This will be podcast number 372 for February the 26th, 2012. On this edition of Treks in Sci-Fi, I'm going to be looking at the Justice League animated series, including the first couple of seasons of Justice League and also Justice League Unlimited, which it sort of segued into for seasons three, four, and five. So that'll be the main topic today on Treks in Sci-Fi. I want to thank uh, Joe or Billy Bob for sitting in last week and giving me a little time off to uh, to do some stuff. And he did that cool and very interesting look at Battletech, uh, the very short-lived animated series so you're getting uh i think like billy uh or joe billy <laughs> like billy bob said last week uh, he uh he mentioned you know you're getting two animated uh series looks uh, two weeks in a row last week uh, battletech and this week we're going to look at justice league and w- which is appropriate you know i've often thought of spinning off and doing another separate podcast on just cartoon slash animated uh, shows but I try to bring them into this uh, podcast, and I, I frankly don't have enough time to do this one sometimes. So I really don't want to start another one. Uh, I'd like to start another one, I should say, but time is always uh, precious and limited. So, but uh, I, again, thanks for him for doing that. I, I, I played BattleTech, the the tabletop game, uh, a fair amount over the years, but I've not uh, seen that series until. Joe talked about it, and I'm going to seek it out now. And I know it's it's not been released, but there are always uh, places out there for these things. YouTube, I guess, is is a good example. So, um, what else? I guess that's about it. We got a lot of other things to cover too. It's been a couple of weeks since I talked to you. Uh, we've got some Star Trek movie talk and news. Uh, something new. Some pictures have shown up, which I'm going to discuss. Uh, you saw or listened to? Saw? He listened to a clip. I saw it. Uh, Ghost Rider at the beginning of the show. I'll talk a little bit about that movie that I saw last weekend and a little bit since I had I don't think I've had a chance to talk about it on the podcast a little bit about Star Wars the Phantom Menace in 3D all that and more coming up here on Treks in Sci-Fi Welcome to the podcast Treks in Sci-Fi your weekly dose of freaky goodness With Rico, you are seeing special guests. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise, Enterprise, Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. And now, 
tricks in sci-fi. Make it so. Okay, welcome again to the podcast, everyone. Uh, it's uh, near the end of February, almost March. We got a little snow a couple of days ago. I kind of thought we were uh, not getting that much this year. Actually, we didn't get that much this time, a couple inches, but it was supposed to be a lot more. It really wasn't. Uh, the weather was warmer than I think they had expected, so we sort of dodged that a little bit, uh, as I think many people did. It was supposed to be uh, snowmageddon out there, six to eight inches, and we maybe got you know two so which was fine by me since i don't like driving in a lot of snow and i had to work on friday and that's about when it was happening friday into saturday a little bit so so there's your weather report because that's what we do here on trucks and sci-fi at the beginning of the podcast at least when i'm recording darn it <laughs> but let's get right to some topics because we've got a lot to cover and i think i'm even going to try to throw a, a sort of a, a semi-collectible review towards the end of today's show so uh, lots to talk about uh it's been, uh, again, a couple of weeks, and uh, I've been trying to keep up on my TV and, and movie going, and uh, I've been doing pretty good about it. Uh, we've got, of course, tonight is the big Oscar Academy Awards with Billy Crystal hosting. That'll be on. I finally actually watched uh, and, and saw uh, or did see a one of the movies. <laughs> I, I've seen so little this year for that's up for an Academy Award. I finally saw Hugo, and I, I liked it. I, I thought... It was a little kind of, uh, I don't usually like to call a movie slow. I, I, I'm pretty attentive when it comes to movies. They don't really, if it's a little slow, it doesn't bother me. I feel there's a lot of reasons that movie makers will make things that way. And this was directed by Martin Scorsese. So I, I thought it was a very nice movie. Uh, you know, it was very uh, different. Uh, it was visually pretty stunning, I thought. I didn't didn't see it in 3D. I saw it in normal movie mode. Uh, but I, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. And it's probably definitely a good movie for kids, I would think, uh, to see, you know, which is nice these days, a movie that isn't too crazy that you don't really want to take your kids to see it. Uh, I also did see The Phantom Menace in 3D. I've talked about this on the forums, so those listening uh, who are forum members will know my thoughts on this. And we've been having, uh, like uh, Joe, I think, also mentioned last week on his show, we've been having a pretty lively discussion not only about uh, this movie in 3D, but the prequels in general, Star Wars films overall, lots of, lots of different little things creeping up into that thread on the forum. And again, if you're not a forum member, just shoot me an email, treksf at gmail.com, and I can set you up with an account over there. But uh, the bottom line of it for me is, 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 you know, The Phantom Menace to me is not the greatest, of course, Star Wars movie. I still enjoy it. I enjoy the prequels. They're not that bad or anything like that. I'm not uh, a very anti-prequel person or down on them. I, I think they, they tell a good story. I still think George Lucas missed an opportunity to not having to spend so much time showing Anakin as a little boy in that movie. I think that if we're only doing three prequel movies, I think that was a kind of a bit of a waste of one whole movie. I, I like that they showed it, but I always thought he could have tightened it up a lot. But the, the biggest thing that I want to talk about related to it, I mean, we've all known The Phantom Menace. I mean, it's been around for, what, 12, 13 years now. So to talk about the 3D, I, I was very, you know, I'm not a big 3D fan, of course. I've said that many times. But this movie, I thought that they really underutilized it to the point that there were there was much of the movie that I felt like there was no 3D going on at all, and that is true. I think there were only some pieces of it that were sort of converted over or that they did much with. 
And I, I, I felt that it was kind of a waste to a degree, a wasted effort. Uh, I mean, it's great that Star Wars is back in the theaters. I would have preferred that they just re-released it in the theaters on its own. Forget the 3D. I think uh, it's almost a gimmick that the little bit that they put in 3D, trying to get people to go out and see it, I could see some people feeling it was a little unjustified, you know, that, uh, you know, that the... I think there were people that maybe wanted to see it in the theaters again, maybe bring their kids who weren't old enough to see it the first time and that kind of thing. But the the 3D effects were, were just so minor in this movie that uh, I just felt like, hey, what's up, Lucasfilm? And George, I mean, I everyone I think had expected uh, it to be really dazzling in, in a lot of ways, and I didn't feel that that was the case at all. And, you know, I never got a chance to see the footage, but, but several years in, ago, George Lucas, I know, had converted as a demo and a test some of A New Hope. I think the final battle, the Death Star battle there, they had converted some of that over to 3D, whether they did the effects all again and then in a, in a 3D fashion. or I don't know, I'm not sure how they actually did that, if they took the original footage and tried to make it 3D or however it's all you know converted over what they did. But the reports that I had heard from people that did get a chance to see some of that footage was that, oh my gosh, this is just dazzling and amazing and I can't wait to see Star Wars in 3D. So because of that a little bit and also, you know, the faith and the abilities of George and the technology side of things, I, I just was very underwhelmed by this. And I know that some people have said on the forum and in other places that I've heard that that was intentional, that George didn't want to make it very, you know, in your face, very overblown 3D. However, I think he, he went almost too far the other way where he kept it so minor that, that there's a lot of people saying, wow, well, how much was that? You know, what was in 3D? I, I saw the opening crawl. They obviously redid that and kind of made that like, you know, but that's like a minute of the movie, you know, two hours later. I mean, there are obviously some scenes and some parts in the movie that are 3D, uh, you know, 3D effects uh, put in, but Again, I was, I was disappointed in that for my extra couple of bucks, and it isn't the money part of it. I just felt that it was a missed opportunity. And again, he probably would, you know, that was his, you know, what he wanted to do. Maybe some of the other movies will, he'll listen to this, and, and maybe he'll put more 3D effects in, in Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. I don't know. I, and then when he gets to the original trilogy, we'll see how that turns out. But, uh, but again, it was fun to see it on the big screen again. I, I enjoyed that part of it. And uh, I, I, A Phantom Menace, not my favorite of the movies, uh, you know, probably the weakest for me, but it was still fun, and uh, I, and I still uh, enjoyed seeing it on the, on the, in a movie theater again. And I also saw, let's uh, skip over real quick to the, the next Ghost Rider movie, Spirit of Vengeance, the Ghost Rider sequel that's out with Nicolas Cage. Uh, I'm a big, uh, again, comic book fan. I saw the first Ghost Rider and liked it. Not the best of the comic book Marvel movies, maybe, but, you know, it, it, it had a certain, you know, style and quality to it and kind of fun. And Nicolas Cage, I just like him and stuff. He just, he seems to be my, if I was a guy who was in movies, he seems to be like the kind of guy I would be. He seems to just have fun. He spends his money on castles in in Europe and comic rare comic books in real life. You know he he, you know he's probably spent too much money. It sounds like he you know you hear in the news he's had money troubles. But anyway, that's beside the point. But this movie was just kind of more of uh, the same Ghost Rider. I didn't think it was as strong and as interesting as the first movie. 
You don't get his origin story, of course, here, which I think is pretty interesting. But they sort of bring that back a little bit, and they, they try to be bring people up to speed. So if you don't know the first movie, you could see this one without uh, without too much trouble. Um, you know, basically, he makes kind of, in a way, a deal with the devil. So uh, and, and that gives him this curse. And in this movie, there's uh, something going on that, uh, in a you know, he has to save this boy, basically. And that... It, it, in, in a way he thinks will lead to him getting his curse removed. I'm not going to say that much for those who want to see it, but it was fun. I, I, I liked it. I, I thought I got my money's worth out of it. The effects were good again. Uh, it didn't look like it was really too low budget or anything like that. You know, sometimes with these sequels, that's the way it goes. They they turn out to be, uh, maybe they don't get as much money as, as you would think with some, some movies that do okay, but they don't, you know, do huge box office. They may make a sequel and it might not get the budget but uh, I thought that this one didn't look that under budget or anything. They did film it out in Europe in some unusual locations, which actually I think added to the movie. I think it made it had a had kind of a different look and quality to it. They used some old ruins uh, for different parts of the movie and, and all that. So uh, if you're a fan of Ghost Rider, uh, you know check it out. Do you have to go see it in the theater? Yeah, depends how much you like him, I guess, the character, and the, and want to see the big effects. I only saw this one also in, in regular uh, format, not 3D. Uh, I'm going to just call it regular format because I don't like calling it 2D. There's nothing, you know, film, film uh, when you see a movie, you, you can see depth in, in, a, in a picture just like a photograph. So it's it's I think it's kind of wrong to call it 2D. It's it's not uh, just just by the virtue, you know, also, I don't think really a 3D movie or a 3D effect is really 3D either in a way. So but that's just semantics, I guess. So but yeah, if you're um, a big fan of this, I'd go see it in the theater. If you're not, you know, wait for Netflix or someplace like that to watch it. Uh, I'm going to take a short break. I'll come back and talk about a few other things, including the first Star Trek movie set pictures that were released uh, just a couple of days ago. And, and we got some interesting things there to talk about and a bit more here on Treks and Sci-Fi. Are you a fan of the award-winning web series The Guild? Then join us for Knights of the Guild podcast, their official fan podcast. But it's not like your typical fan podcast, as the host Kenny has been working on The Guild since Season 2 and takes his listeners behind the scenes with exclusive interviews, special guest hosts, little-known behind-the-scenes facts, and so much more. So come on over to iTunes and download Knights of the Guild podcast, or find us online at knightsoftheguild.com. All right, I'm back. Uh, I had some tea, a little Lipton uh, green tea, so I'm all good. Uh, the uh, the set pictures, yes, MTV, I guess, got this uh, exclusive scoop, although now, of course, they're on every site, including treksandsci-fi.com. I think there's about eight pictures that I've seen so far in total. They uh, basically show a scene of, if you haven't seen the pictures yet, if you're just listening, go over to treksandsci-fi.com, and you'll see a link near the in the Trek news section at near the top of that uh, showing the pictures. They basically show a scene with Spock, Uhura, and the main villain, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Is that how, his name, how you say his name? Benedict Cumberbatch? Man, that's a handful to say. <laughs> I'll be saying that name a lot in the next year and a half or so as we get um, to the May 2013 release date for this. But it's Spock, uh, played by Zachary Quinto, of course, again, Uhura, and uh, played by Zoe uh, Saldana. Zaldana, I think is how you say her name. And this Cumberbatch guy is the villain having a, basically a fight on some kind of a set with some green screen behind them. It looks to me 
what you see here is uh, the you learn a few things. One, the uniforms that Spock and Uhura are wearing look very much like, if not pretty much exactly, the ones that they used in the first J.J. Abrams movie from 2009. So it doesn't look like they're changing the costumes very much, at least in this in this scene. You know, you have to always be careful with that because. They have done movies where, you know, they have multiple costumes. Who knows? This could be a, uh, a scene set at one point in the movie where they're wearing these outfits, but maybe they have some something else they wear now on the ship. It could be a lot of things. But more, more than likely, the costumes are going to be about the same. You also can see the props that they're holding. They look pretty much like they did in the first movie that J.J. did in 09. I, I keep saying first movie. When I'm referring to that from now on, we'll basically be talking about the first J.J. Abrams movie, or that look. So the look is is very similar. The villain, uh, Benedict, is he's wearing uh, what looks like, you know, the, the black kind of shirt and black pants and boots of a, of a Starfleet um, either cadet and or uh, Starfleet uh, member, uh, you know, that kind of a uniform outfit. He doesn't have a colored shirt on. He could be a cadet. He could be a, a full Starfleet officer. It's hard to tell. You don't see any rank or anything like that. But he and Spock are basically really having a fight. Spock looks like he's trying to nerve pinch him. Cumberbatch has got him by the throat, by uh, Spock by the throat in a, in, a, in a picture or two. You can even see the stunt doubles in one of the pictures for these guys. So uh, it's uh, it, now they have not released what this character is or, or anything about the. They haven't released what the movie's going to actually be called or named. They haven't released what Benedict Cumberbatch's character is, anything on the storyline. It's really been quiet. So to see these pictures throw, thrown out there is like, okay, now we get to, you know, speculate and guess at things. I kind of think, based on these pictures, my personal opinion is that Cumberbatch is is not quite human. I don't feel that the the still pictures that you see here he looks like he's really ha- giving Spock a run for his money in the fight now you could say that you know when Kirk and Spock fought in the last movie you know Kirk was able to kind of you know get a couple of shots in there on Spock before Spock finally said no more so you can't say definitively or anything like that 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 Benedict Cumberbatch here wouldn't couldn't just be an ordinary human but I'm getting the impression that that's not the case. He's not having. He doesn't have any real makeup on. They they look like they've. Uh, he's got dark hair uh, and, and so forth. But he, you know he doesn't look like he's got any funny ears or a nose piece or anything strange like that. Unless they're going to add something later. You know he's not. There was a lot of talk there might be Klingons in this movie. Maybe he'll play a Klingon. Well, that doesn't look like the case. Although keep in mind the original series Klingons look pretty human like. So. You never know. Anyway, um, we will see more as time goes on. I have a feeling this is just the start of it. Uh, I always wonder how they keep all the actors from snapping pictures with their phones and and having those flash up on Twitter or Facebook. There was actually a little video with uh, Simon Pegg and Carl Urban uh, promoting uh, his his Judge Dredd. You know, Carl Urban who plays McCoy in these movies uh, he is doing this new judge judge dread movie and there was sort of an anniversary of judge dread the other day and, and simon Pegg and he did a quick little video uh with him talking and zooming in on on carl urban talking like dread uh 
it was pretty funny. I thought it, and it was basically it was done at the Star Trek movie set. You don't get to see much Star Trek on them either, costumes or background. You see a little bit of Carl Urban's uniform underneath his. The I think he has a jacket on or something. So there's a lot of uh, you know we're going to be doing a lot of scouring of the internet. I think in the la- in the next few months to keep keep our eyes peeled for things from this film set. J.J. Uh, Abrams has a. I think he really does a good job in marketing his movies and building hype. I think he did it really good for Cloverfield. I think he did it for Super 8 well. He did it for the Star Trek movie in 09 that he did. You know, he had these sort of really unique websites that went up. Remember the one where you could see different images from the Enterprise being built? He, he is really in touch and in tune with, and I don't know if it's just him or the people that are working for him or how this comes about. But the guy seems to understand how to build hype and build and market a movie and, and get people interested in it and do things that are a little different, a little unique. So I am really thinking and hoping he's going to be doing a lot of that for this movie, too. So I'm looking forward to, you know, doing the these treasure hunts almost online to find stuff. So uh, so we'll keep everyone posted. Uh, I don't think things are very spoilerish in these pictures, really. I mean, I don't know. I It's going to be, you know, tricky about that. I will try to... Uh, warn people i guess if i learn anything that i think is a major spoiler before i talk about it on the podcast but uh we never really did learn anything huge i don't think in the lat before the last movie that that spoiled it for anyone so i think we should be okay this time too it's kind of funny to me though that that uh that these pictures are the ones that are the first ones that we see in a release you know right off out of the gate we're seeing uh, some images of the main villain. You know, I thought they might just show them up on the bridge of the Enterprise again, the group of them in their old uniforms. It wouldn't look that different from the last movie. But to see these pictures, it's um, I, a bit of a surprise to me, actually, uh, that, that these are the ones that we're first seeing uh, since we're, we are getting something about the villain. That could tell us that at some point soon we may be hearing a little bit more about the name of his character and a little bit more about what uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is playing in this movie, what role, and that kind of a thing. So we will keep everyone posted. Uh, I think that's all I really wanted to cover. I could talk more about TV, recent TV, Walking Dead, just amazing, loving the show the, that it's since it's come back. Uh, been great, and uh, that's probably the biggest one. And Fringe has been really good too. Big Bang Theory, all, all my usual stuff has been fun. So, uh, but we're gonna need to get right into Justice League. Justice League was an animated series, uh, and well, you know what? I'll come back and talk about that, well, right after we play the intro to Justice League. So I'll be back in a moment.
All right, that is the opening to the animated series Justice League. Very heroic music. I, I really love the opening to that uh, series, the first um, intro that they used for se seasons one and two of Justice League. They changed it up for Justice League Unlimited, and I'll play that for you in a few moments, the, the opening credit sequence uh, for the uh, later seasons of this series. What Justice League was uh, was an animated series that ended up uh, uh, playing on the Cartoon Network for uh, five seasons in total. The first two, again, were called Justice League. The last three were Justice League Unlimited. And I'll give you some reasons and some things behind that here in a few moments. Uh, the first uh, two seasons amounted to 52 episodes. The series started on November 17th with uh, November 17th, 2001. It uh, it started with I think it was a two hour premiere that they did a kind of a movie which they had a very uh, uh, quite a few multi episode arcs and stories throughout this series and I think that uh, made it you know really benefited the series they had some deep plots uh, they weren't just one off episodes some of them were but uh, they also did some arcs and things like that that were very interesting and allowed them to really get into both the, the stories that they wanted to tell and the characters themselves. Let me give you a little bit of history from a good old Wikipedia about this. Animator Bruce Timm, having successfully adapted both Batman and Superman into animated television programs in the 90s, took on the challenge of adapting the Justice League comic book and turning it into an animated sequel to his two former animated series. This new animated TV series brought all sorts of new characters into the fold, uh, ignoring the sidekicks, pets, and other elements of early Super Friends-type shows. This lineup uh, of the new JLA adaptation was created with two things in mind, to pay tribute to the original lineup of the Justice League of America, while also reflecting uh, on racial and cultural diversity. Significantly, the, excuse me, significantly, the well-known superhero Aquaman was left out of the lime lineup at the at the beginning, although later on he became a member on the team when Justice League Unlimited started up. He was replaced uh, really by the character of Hawk Girl uh, originally in the first couple of seasons. She was uh, the team's second female along with Wonder Woman. We also brought in Jon Stewart, an African-American Green Lantern, instead of Hal Jordan, who had previously worked with the League in the comics. So, uh, you know, they, this basically they use the core Justice League, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkgirl, and No Aquaman. And uh, again, they, they use these characters that a lot of people who follow DC Comics know very well and uh, really were able to dig into these stories and these characters very well and how they worked with each other, too, which I think is really the, the core of it, you know, they have very different personalities and they really worked hard at bringing those personalities out in this series and, and did a great job with it. Uh, let me give you a little bit more background and then we'll start playing some clips from the series too. This is a little bit on the casting and one of the things I think that was great about these series and they've done some follow-up movies direct to DVD uh, is they were able to use some of the voices we we're familiar with, most of the ones we were familiar with from previous series. Most notably, to begin with, uh, Kevin Conroy, who did the uh, Batman and, and Bruce Wayne, of course, voice from Bat the Batman animated series that Bruce Tim worked on as well, and also the new Batman Adventures and Batman Beyond. Uh, Conroy pitched his voice to a range in between the voices he used on the previous shows. It was deeper than those voices, 
uh, he used in the first two series, but then higher pitched than his voice in Batman Beyond when he was an old man. Uh, again, Kevin Conroy as Batman, I think, is to me the best voiced uh, Batman that I've that I've ever heard. I mean, he's just perfect for the role. He just has a sort of a quality and a cockiness to his voice, and uh, that I really enjoy quite a bit. Uh, you also have um, a new uh, Superman, new Superman slash Clark Kent in this series, Tim Daly who had done the voice for Superman in the animated series, couldn't really do it here. He did some initial early recordings, uh, but then he was off to do this remake of this TV series, The Fugitive. So here's replaced by an actor named George Newbern. So uh, Superman here and Clark Kent were, were voiced by George Newbern, who I think does a really good job. He sounds a little bit like Tim Daly in his quality of his voice, so I think it works pretty well. Uh, Superman, I think, is, a, is, a, is always a really a tough character to to pull off and play you know he's got to be this really upstanding good guy and uh, his voice is a little bit has to be you know both both be able to do kind of the the superman kind of um, i'm a big hero from another planet character and clark kent he can't sound too super or too meek either you know he's got to have that uh he almost has sort of have an everyman kind of a voice to a degree you know batman can sound uh even as Bruce Wayne, I think he sounds a lot like Batman. But, uh, you know, Superman's a tricky, tricky voice, I think, to do. Uh, we've got uh, Wonder Woman, I think, is voiced by Susan Eisenberg. Yeah, she's uh, Wonder Woman. And I think she's shown up with that, uh, you know, she's used that voice or that, that actress has played her in other times as well. Uh, we also have Michael Rosenbaum, of course. He's great. He's back as Wally West or The Flash, better known as The Flash. Michael Rosenbaum, of course, for Smallville flan fans. Flans. <laughs> oh, there we go. Getting getting the flubs in. i got to play a clip here soon. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum, of course, played Lex Luthor on the Smallville TV series, and, and he has a great role here as Flash. Flash is kind of the comic comic relief. He's sort of the Spider-Man of the group. He, he has a lot of one-liners and fun stuff and and i'm not keep in mind this is this is a pretty serious show this show gets pretty deep and pretty serious but there are some lighthearted moments i i find that it's it's just fairly real it's not too jokey but it's but it throws a joke now and then in just just to you know make it work and there's some adult kind of themes and situations even in these episodes occasionally uh phil lamar is, is green lantern and john stewart uh, Carl Lumley is also back. Uh, he's uh, John Johns or the Martian Manhunter. And Maria Canals is uh, Shaira or Hawk Girl. That's probably your main cast for the first couple of seasons. Let me play now. I want to start playing some clips here from uh, what I did. Uh, I tried to figure out, okay, do I play clips from episodes? I'll talk about a few episodes. But uh, I thought what I would do is play a clip kind of showing you uh, each of the characters a little bit. So the first one up i got to play, of course, is a little bit of Batman voiced by Kevin Conroy. So listen to this. You tried to kill Aquaman. Why? Gee, why would a hired gun try to shoot somebody? Could it be that someone paid me to? Who? Oh, come on, babe. You know I can't tell you that. Professional ethics. But then again, <laughs> if you make it worth my while. I'll take it from here. You can't scare me, Batman. Let me give you one word of advice. 
Okay. I'll tell, I'll tell. What did he say? You don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of Batman, I guess, in that clip, actually. There's Superman and Wonder Woman. Basically, they've got a guy they're trying to interrogate, and they, they're they not getting very, very where very very where what am i saying they're not getting very far so batman comes along and is like i'll take it from here and he grabs the guy pulls him aside and he whispers something a couple things to him and uh then he's like i'll talk i'll talk <laughs> first he's like y you don't scare me batman uh, it's just great it it's just perfect and it and it fits the character so well and uh, it's just uh just really great and i i can't uh i can't um you know, begin to tell you guys how much, you know, if you're a fan of animated shows and, and I'm not, this sounds more like a wrap up kind of comment, but I wanted to say this earlier on, I can't say enough good things about this series and justice league. I, I've, um, I wanted to start off with, and I, I forgot to t tell you, and I've, I've said it on a few other podcasts when we've talked about animated stuff and comics, I, I kind of grew up more and read a lot more Marvel comics, you know, the Spider-Man, the Avengers, X-Men, those were my biggies uh, that I really fell in love with for comics and animation and had, have slowly, you know, over time branched off into learning more and reading up more on, on DC Universe stuff. And, of course, Justice League is the DC side of things. It's kind of like Burger King and McDonald's is the way I always look at it. There's a kind of the, they're both good, and sometimes you want one and sometimes you want the other. But the reason I'm kind of mentioning that is one of the things always that uh, drew me a lot more to Marvel than to DC was that I just always felt the characters in Marvel, a lot of times because they weren't so, so hugely powerful and, and, and almost unstoppable, but they were a lot more human and a lot had a lot more frailties and quirks and problems and qualities and you know, they, they had trouble with money and, you know, they were like, things were just not as clean cut and, and as, as just easy for them as they seem to be sometimes for the DC heroes like a, a Superman or a Wonder Woman. But what I found over time as I started to get more into, and I probably really started to get into Batman around the time of the first, the very first Batman film way back that Tim Burton did in 80, 89, I guess it was, I think. But and I started to read Batman the comic, and, and Batman's probably the most you know messed up uh, of the DC universe characters. I mean, the guy is is messed up, and that character seemed to be much more Marvel like. So I started to read more Justice League. I think I just bumped the mic there. Sorry about that. Uh, but so that that led me to to watch more animation. Of course, we had the Batman animated series not too long after that first Batman movie, and it got me more interested in DC Universe heroes. And I'd say these days, I, I'm probably about 50-50. I still love Spider-Man and the X-Men and all of them and the Avengers and everything, but I, I read a fair amount of, of DC these days. I really like some of the, a couple of the new books that they've got out with the new 52. Uh, you know, Aquaman, especially, they've really turned that hero and that character around. I, I've always kind of enjoyed Supergirl and Wonder Woman and the and uh, the JLA right now. The new JLA book is really good, too. So I'm just saying that all to kind of give you guys some background. So when I started watching Justice League, this animated show, I, I mean, I had enjoyed the Batman series before that Superman. So I had high hopes. We had a lot of the voice actors back for this. A lot of the behind the scenes people were back. So this was expected by at least myself to be a great show, and it is. It, it, it really is, and the characters uh, 
are are really interesting. They have a, a lot of these kind of quirks and problems that I've always enjoyed when they bring them into uh, comics or into the animated series and movies that they do. Uh, but again, it's uh, it's really good, and I, I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, let's play another clip for you uh, with giving you some of that background. Uh, I think, uh, well, let's next up, uh, let's play a little uh, Superman for you and, and, and give you a little taste of him. You heard a little bit of him in the first clip with Batman there, but let's play another one. Even this wasn't enough for you, was it? You had to have it all. Now we're on the brink of a war that could destroy the whole planet. Could have been so perfect. Paradise. And I let it get this far because of the law and the will of the people. <laughs> the people? This is all their fault. And they're going to burn for it. Burn! You're nothing but a mad dog now, aren't you? Ooh, a threat. But this old dog still has a few teeth. There are at least six different ways I can stop you right now. But they all involve deadly force, don't they? And you don't do that. No, you need me. You wouldn't be much of a hero without a villain. And you do love being a hero, don't you? The cheering children, the swooning women. You love it so much, it's made you my most reliable accomplice. Accomplice? What are you... You could have crushed me any time you wanted. And it wasn't the law or the will of the people that stopped you. It was your ego. Being a hero was too important to you. You're as much responsible for this as I am. So go ahead. Fix it somehow, put me on trial, lock me up, but I'll beat it. And then we'll start the whole thing all over again. I did love being a hero, but if this is where it leads, I'm done with it. Thanks. Do you smell something? to be done. Are you okay? I'm great. Yeah, that uh, that clip I, I find pretty powerful. It's actually, uh, I think that's a two-part uh, episode and that's not well i don't want to say too much because it's so good if you haven't seen it but there that's not quite normal reality going on there uh but uh you're not getting so much of a taste of of, of superman the way we know him but you know there's a great uh, some great dialogue there between lex luthor and superman about the whole back and forth between the two of them and you know since superman won't really do what Lex is telling him he's supposed to do or he should do to really finally stop him. And in this case, he actually does. So, it, it, again, powerful stuff. Not not your typical, you know, Saturday morning, what I would call uh, lighthearted uh, cartoon show at all. But there are lighthearted moments in this series as well. I don't want you to think it's all gloom and doom or anything like that. Um, speaking of that, I guess that probably is a good point to uh, 
give you a uh, another clip. Uh, this time we'll, we'll make things a little more lighthearted, and here's some of uh, The Flash uh, played by the great, uh, you know, who's just great in the role, Michael Rosenbaum, doing the voice of Flash here. So listen to this. Ouch! Lady, please! No! Nice meeting you, man. If we ever need a replacement for Hawk Girl. And don't call Buck! After I caught the gorilla, he told me that... The gorilla talked to you. Yeah, right after I stopped his car. You! Guess who? Hey, we both got a Martian's phone number on our speed dial. I think I deserve the benefit of the doubt here. Just a little snack. Ew! Maybe some coffee will help. How do you take it? Cream and 37 sugars. Really? How about you and me taking a private tour of paradise? She wants me. I object! Overrule! I saved your lives this morning. Destroy! Ow! That's gratitude for you. You're a bigger fool than I thought. Oh, yeah? Well, you're naked. Yeah, that's uh, some good stuff there with Michael Rosenbaum as The Flash. Just a, a little collect, collection of clips. And, and, you know, he's the one that's always got the smart aleck comment and, and quick wit and uh, and just, you know, he's, he's quick. And it fits his personality and his character. He's The Flash, you know, in other words. So he should be quick uh, both on his feet and with what he has to say. And uh, I like, it, like that line in here where the guys, he's explaining to Hal, uh, not Hal, excuse me, to uh, the Green Lantern, uh, to um what am i trying to say john stewart yeah john stewart the green lantern here he's talking to him about the talking gorilla grod or whatever i think is his name and 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 and, you know john's like uh what you're a talking gorilla and he's like come on you know we've got a martian on our speed dial on our phones you really having a hard time believing in a talking gorilla (laughs) it's a good line i'm gonna run down here uh just kind of a list, a bit of uh, who plays the, some of the other um, guest characters that you see occasionally, a lot, of, a lot of the bad guys, let's just say. And you're going to just be amazed at, at the the breadth of like actors and talent that they get to do some of the voices on this series. Let me go down. I'll just spot do spot through a few of these. Um, Darkseid, Michael Ironside uh, plays him. Despar- Despero? Keith David, which who shows up in a lot of movies, uh, Rene Aubergenois, Gala Zed, uh, Giganta, Jennifer Hale, Powers Booth is a Gorilla Grodd, <laughs> Harley Quinn is Arlene Sorkin, the Joker, of course, Mark Hamill. Uh, we've got uh, Kilowog, played by Dennis Haysbert, who does all the Allstate commercials. Uh, Lex Luthor is great, uh, again played here, uh, like he did, I think, in the Superman animated series. Clancy Brown is Lex Luthor. Metallo is Corey Burton. Uh, Metamorpho is Tom Sizemore. Mongol is Eric Roberts. Morgan Le Fay, Olivia Diabo. Uh, Ron Perlman is Orion. Parasite is Brian George. Susan Sullivan is Queen Hippolyta. How do you say her name? Hip, hip, <laughs> hip. Uh, she's, she's Wonder Woman's mommy, basically, let's just say. The queen of the Amazons. Uh, the Shade is, is Stephen McHattie, Ted Levine, Sinestro. Mark Hamill also does Solomon Grundy. Uh, Star Sapphire, who is uh, the sort of former love interest and now, uh, you know, kind of a bad guy person, bad woman. Uh, Olivia Diabo, uh, she's uh, a nemesis for Green Lantern, basically. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, just a bunch. Phil Morris, Vandal Savage. 
uh, Weather Wizard, Corey Burton again, just just some great, great uh, actors lending their voices to these characters. And I think we're going to segue and uh, spin off. I've got other character clips to play, but let's let's get into uh, after season two, after a very successful run, uh, two seasons, 52 episodes, they did, uh, they spun off, not really spun off, but they sort of changed the series into something called Justice League Unlimited. And there were a few reasons for that that I'll tell you a little bit more of after I'm going to play the intro. This is a little bit more kind of jazzed up and 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 rocky and rocky not rocky the the fighter but uh rock version of of the opening intro uh, i i like them both i think i like the first one for justice league itself better it's a little more heroic sounding but this one's pretty cool too so listen to the opening credit uh, music for justice League unlimited and i'll be back and tell you a little bit more about that series and play some more character clips Okay, uh, Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, that's a cool intro. Like I said, I, I enjoy that one too. Um, this series ran for three seasons. It ran for a total of 39 episodes, uh, each episode's running about 21 to 23 minutes long. It ran from uh, July 31st, 2004 to May 13th, 2006. This was sort of a direct follow-up following soon after Justice League ended. Uh, it fe- features a greatly expanded league. There's a lot more hero characters here, uh, and then the original uh, Justice League members are kind of considered the founding members. Uh, a lot more sort of single episodes in Justice League Unlimited than were in the Justice League itself. Uh, uh, there's sort of kind of a usually a situation in an episode where you'll get together a sort of a uh, an ad hoc kind of team of of lesser known heroes uh, from Justice League you know they they used up to about 50 other various Justice League characters well not just Justice League I should more say a DC Universe characters in in uh, in this series and you got to see you know some unusual characters some different characters ones that don't usually get a lot of uh, playtime and and airtime like you know the thing you know the the Batman the Supermans and the Wonder Womans it, they kind of took second seat and were kind of the the founding members and the trainers uh, of this. But you brought into, a, you know, sort of a second wave of characters here, too. We got to see more of, uh, I would say, Green Arrow, who has always been a favorite character of mine. I like him a lot. Black Canary, uh, kind of his love love interest a bit, and a little bit more of Aquaman and, and, and other characters, too, that you didn't see as much. One of the things that was going on was... There were other TV shows and things happening that were limiting their access to some of the big, big 
uh, characters, especially things like Smallville, uh, some comics that were coming out too. So this made them have to start to use other DC Universe characters more often in this series. And I think that's why they revamped it and why they changed it to uh, Justice League Unlimited. I think they wanted to separate it and give it a sort of a tag on there that meant you were going to see a lot more than just the typical Justice League that you're used to. So, um, you know, uh, there's other things going on. Oh, I also forgot to mention that the the cool thing about this series, it, when it was animated, the, the, the second season of Justice League itself and then all of Justice League Unlimited was animated in widescreen, which was pretty cool, which was just starting to really get started and catch on. So, you know, everyone these days with HD widescreen TVs, if you watch older shows, you know, most, most notably even like uh, this newly remastered uh, TNG, Star Trek The Next Generation in Blu-ray, or the original Star Trek series in Blu-ray, it's, it's in 4x3 format. You know, that's what TV was broadcast for in that format for years. Uh, but as widescreen caught on, people were buying all these widescreen TVs. They were getting a little bugged by, you know, new shows, animated shows, regular TV, only showing up, you know, on, on a, you know, a section of the middle of their widescreen TV. So uh, eventually now even animated shows were starting to make, uh, be made in widescreen. I, it was funny. It took a long time even for I Watch Family Guy. It took a long time for Family Guy to go to widescreen format. Uh, so, uh, so they did, you know, that's one thing to keep in mind. And I'll talk more towards the end of the show about what's available out there. But some of these shows, some of them are available on Blu-ray now too. So keep that in mind, uh, if you go out and start purchasing some of, uh, Justice League. Let's get you, uh, some more, uh, character, uh, clips here. Some of these are, I, they're, the clips that you're going to be listening to and have listened to so far are mixed between the Justice League series and Justice League Unlimited. But I wanted to give you a little taste again, like I said, of all the different characters. Let's play a little bit now of uh, Hawk Girl. I think this is kind of a fun clip, so listen to this. Fair. I wanted to Judas Priest! Problem? No, no, it's just, uh, I've never seen you in a dress before. You don't like it? It's, uh, fetching. If you want one for Vixen, I can tell you where I got it. <clears throat> Listen. Glad I caught you before you did something stupid. Excuse me? Carter Hall. What about him? I did some research. His birth name is Joseph Gardner. You lied. No. Six months ago, he had it legally changed to Carter Hall. He's an archaeologist, currently curator of the Midway City Museum. Had an excellent reputation until about five years ago, when he started claiming that aliens landed in ancient Egypt. Aliens? Well, then he must be a lunatic, because we all know that there's no life on other planets. There's more. What? Our Mr. Hall spends quite a bit of time on the internet. Dang, lock him up. He frequents the I Hate Hawk Girl bulletin boards. That doesn't mean... Boards? How many are there? 57. Web rings. Unaffiliated sites number in the hundreds. Forget I asked. Hall keeps getting banned from them for flaming the anti shayera posters. So he's a fan? He's a stalker. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a fun clip. There, it starts out with... Um, 
with John Stewart, and they're in this elevator uh, on the, the watchtower. They're stationed in orbit that the Justice League hangs out at. Uh, and he's in this elevator. Shaira Hawkgirl walks in, and she's, uh, you know, she's normally in her like Justice League outfit uniform. He even has a mask on, and she has no mask on. She's wearing this like, you know, small little dress. Let's just say, and he's like Judas Priest. <laughs> I mean, what cartoon show does stuff like that? Come on. And anyway, uh, and they're they're you know he, uh, Hawk Girl and Green this Green Lantern John Stewart start to kind of have a relationship, which again they they don't shy away from. There's actually a, uh, a kind of a movie that they release called Star Crossed, which I highly recommend, and I'll talk uh, a little bit more about some of those. But they've they've done several uh, Justice League follow up uh, movies. And Starcrossed, it really focuses on Hawk Girl and Green Lantern, and I think you guys would really enjoy that as well. So uh, keep in mind, not just Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, but there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a good half dozen at least or more of these animated movies that they've put out related to the Justice League. So uh, that's a good, though, a taste of uh, what goes on between them and their relationship. And you've got a little bit of Batman in that clip, too, which is always fun. And he tells uh, Shair, he tells Hawkgirl about, uh, you know, there's all these guys on the Internet that, are, that, you know, that have these Hawkgirl web boards and things. And, and there's this one, of course, that he says is a stalker of you because of what he's saying and what he's doing. So I, I think that's kind of cool that they bring the current um, technology and things and what goes on into this series too. So that's a fun, uh, fun little part of this episode that uh, you just heard of. Um, let's follow that up. Let's play a little bit of this, uh, of Green Lantern. This clip's a little unusual. There's a couple of episodes where there's sort of a weird parallel universe thing going on. And that happens in the Justice League uh, uh, lots of different times over the years in the comics and in the animated series. So what happens, what's cool about this episode is you get alternate versions of these characters, alternate versions of Batman, of Superman, of Green Lantern in this clip you'll hear. And so there are alternate versions here that, that the Green Lantern that's working with the Justice League is there's Jon Stewart to start with, but then it flips over and it's Hal Jordan because there have been a, a good number of Green Lanterns for Earth and Jon Stewart's been one, Hal Jordan's been one. And, well, you'll hear in this clip, so you get a little bit of both of them. So listen to this. Ain't it, Clinton? We've got business with your husband. What? John? Hal Jordan, another time shift. I'm up to speed. Carry on. Okay, I'm starting to get a migraine. We better get used to it. This is going to get worse before it gets better. Any one of us could change or even cease to exist. That's why you have to tell us where to find David. We just want to undo the harm he's caused. You have my word. We'll do everything in our power to keep from hurting him. Between you and me, I wouldn't mind one bit if he got roughed up along the way. Then where is he tonight? The Parthenon? The Great Sphinx? He just wants people to think he moves around. He always sleeps in the same place. None that my ring can detect. Make up your mind, would you? 
Yeah, so you get some taste of both uh, John Stewart's Green Lantern and Hal Jordan there in that uh, as well. There's uh, you know just so many things to cover with Justice League. I've got more, couple more, a few more clips to play for you too. But uh, there's also uh, an ongoing arc going on throughout this series of the government and sort of um, a secret little group that's kind of against the Justice League. There's some public unrest a little bit too with them. Uh, there's just a ton of, uh, a ton of things going on in, in this series. Uh, Jerry O'Connell does some other voices that you get to hear in this, uh, you, you know, we've got, uh, Booster Gold, Tom Everett Scott, uh, it just, uh, oh, you've got, uh, our, our friend Morena Baccarin playing Black Canary, you know, Morena is, was on V, the TV series, and of course on Firefly, uh, she does some voice work here. I'm just trying to give you some other voices of, uh, some characters in the Unlimited series that you don't uh, hear in the first one in Justice League. Amy Acker, who was on Angel. She's Huntress. Uh, who else haven't we? Ion Grofud. How do you say that guy's name? Ion Grofud. He played the uh, Mr. Fantastic in the Fantastic Four movies. He's Mr. Miracle. Uh, what else? We've got Chris Cox is Shining Knight. Chris Cox, great actor. Uh, you also have uh, Nathan Fillion doing some work here as Vigilante, uh, Gina Torres, uh, uh, Dennis Farina. Gina Torres is Vixen, uh, Dennis Farina is Ted Grant or Wildcat, uh, who is a fun character. I always liked him. Uh, Fred Savage, it's, excuse me, Fred Savage, who was on The Wonder Years for all those uh, years, plays Hawk, uh, you know, the, the male counterpart to Hawk Girl. Uh, just, just again, a great list of uh, of actors playing all these different roles. You still, again, had the same voices for the main characters uh, working on Justice League Unlimited as you did Justice League. Uh, let's play another one. Let's play a clip of Wonder Woman. I really like this clip. Uh, there's a kind of a TV personality that's kind of against the Justice League a little bit and thinks they're, you know, bad so the this clip starts out with him talking and and Justice League members are watching the video uh, stream of it and uh, well you'll get the idea when you hear the clip. Today I have a report from Dr. Frederick, the respected child psychologist, in which he states, and I quote: "Some children who admire these over-pumped superheroes do poorly in school, quarrel with their siblings, and refuse to eat their vegetables." I'd like to ask the Justice League how they respond to these accusations. But I can't, because they don't have the nerve to show up here. America, I ask you, why are they afraid of me? What do they have to hide? We demand the truth. What a rude little man. Someone needs to put him in his place. No, if we respond, we'll just encourage him. Role models? Look, I've seen showgirls with more modesty than this so-called Wonder Woman. I will not tolerate this. Princess, I don't like Godfrey any more than you do. But in this country, the man's entitled to his opinion, however boneheaded it is. Democracy in action. Hey, didn't the Greeks invent that? And what's wrong with the way I dress? Uh, you want to take that? <laughs> oh, Wonder Woman. What's wrong with the way I dress? I think it's just fine, Wonder Woman. I don't have a problem with it, but uh, yeah, it's it's great. It, it, you know, 
what are, what I really got me to always tune in and watch this show every week. It usually would run on Saturdays, I think, on the weekends, and a lot of times they played Cartoon Network would play back to back episodes with the personalities of these characters. The stories were were great, but you just got to really care about the the different characters in the Justice League as a whole and their personalities and how they interact with with each other and. They they also developed uh, friendships over time more with with some of the characters versus others, you know there was you know different bonds that were formed. Like I said, the Hawk Girl and Green Lantern started to have a relationship. Uh, there was a little interplay between even uh, Batman and and uh, and Wonder Woman and even Wonder Woman and Superman a little bit, uh, you know. But and and of course definitely between uh, Green Arrow and and Black Canary. Uh, which why don't we play that clip for you? I've got a good clip of the, of the two of them. They have a little bit of a of a kind of a sparring battle here, and then uh, that'll give you a taste of uh, those two characters who are who are pretty close to a human characters. You know, especially Green Arrow and uh, Black Canary has has her Sonic type scream, but they don't have a lot of huge big superpowers like uh, some of the other characters, and and that's what Justice League Unlimited got more into some of these more side characters and, and uh, characters you don't see a lot of. So uh, listen to this clip. Most people, after they sold a company for $3 billion, would just kick back and relax. I'm not most people. Besides, after taxes and the lawyers are through with you, you're lucky if you see a billion and a half. My heart bleeds. Black Canary. Green Arrow, I've noticed you around. I know. You happy punching the bag, or you want to go a few rounds with me? I am talking about sparring. That'd be nice, too. You're telegraphing. You gotta center yourself. Center myself. Got it. good you should see me when i'm trying i'd like that in fact i could use your help on something but the leak can't know i'll explain once we're on the surface i don't know sounds fishy i promise it's for a good cause how about a wager if i can get out of this hold you help me deal I'll drive. Yeah, that's a, a good scene that's uh, between, of course, Green Arrow and Black Canary. Black Canary, again, Marina Baccarin doing the voice there in that clip you heard. And the guy playing uh, Green Arrow or Oliver Queen is, is Ken Schreiner. Don't really know him very well uh, as an actor, but uh, I think he got a good good voice for him he, he sounds a little older he's supposed to be a little uh, uh more seasoned and stuff than, than some of the other uh characters here uh let's see where are we are kind of winding things down here a little bit i've got uh, one or two more clips i think to play for you next up uh let's play uh this one i haven't played and talked too much about martian manhunter yet uh, you know he's the martian he's john john's he has uh, he's he's pretty powerful. Can can walk through walls and, and, and a lot of different things. But this clip, this one's a little different. This is actually uh, 
kind of a Christmas special. And they did a few of these on Justice League. And uh, the what it is is, is um, Clark Kent uh, in his role as Clark Kent, not Superman. But Clark takes uh, John home to his family on the Kent farm uh, for Christmas, doesn't want him to be alone. So I think that's cool. And that's a very, you know, again, a, a human and kind of nice little touch. And, and the, this is a fun, good episode. So listen to this clip here when, when Clark brings uh, a Martian home for the holidays. This is a bad idea. No way was I going to leave you alone in the watchtower on Christmas Eve. Besides, Batman practically begged for monitor duty. You'll love it. Trust me. Clark! Hi, Ma! Pa! Merry Christmas! Have you been eating, dear? You look thin. Oh, Ma! Good to have you home again, son. It's good to be back. And I brought a friend. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Kent. I hope I'm not intruding. Super... uh... Clark was most insistent I join you for the holiday. My name is Jean. I'm a Martian. Oh, we're no strangers to aliens in this house. You just make yourself at home. That reminds me, where's Kara? Skiing with Barbara. She'll be home for New Year's. As long as she's not here, you can have her room. You should be nice and cozy here, John. Nice and cozy? How odd to hear you speak that way. I've never seen this side of you, Clark. That's why I like coming home for the holidays. I can just relax and be myself. Okay, everybody, I'm turning on the Christmas tree. Pa, that's my job. Yeah, just a really, really uh, a nice touch there, nice episode. Uh, and Justice League, I've got a, well, I'm probably going to just skip the last couple. I have a couple other clips I could have played uh, but I want to move along, uh, and I've got a, a nice clip and a song from Rick Moyer here to play from you. But uh, again, I, I I can't quite say enough or, or good things or just th – this show is great. If you are at all a comic book fan and like uh, watching animated series, uh, definitely seek out Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. Uh, they're all available on, on DVD slash and or Blu-ray. Some of them are on Blu-ray. I don't think all of it's on Blu-ray yet. Um, I'm sure there's probably on Netflix. I'll check that while I play Rick's clip and see if they're uh, available for streaming on Netflix. Hopefully they are, but uh, I, I guarantee if you watch uh, a few episodes, you'll want to watch more, uh, no question. So uh, next, uh, let's play what uh, Rick Moyer has to say about Justice League, and I think he's got a cool song for us as well. And then I'm going to come back after that with a little bit of a Justice League collectible review for you. So uh, just to listen to what Rick has to say, and I'll be back in a little bit. Superheroes have always been cool to me ever since I was a little kid. This is Rick Moyer, by the way. Moyer777 on the forums and the host uh, or co-host of Take Him With You podcast and a friend of the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast where I do lots of music and stuff like that. And I've got a song for you today. But first I wanted to talk about Justice League. When I was a kid, I would I would get home off the school bus and run to the to the door, unlock the door, get in and turn on the TV and watch Super Friends. It was on every afternoon and I just loved the Super Friends. Thought that was the coolest cartoon ever. Now that I look back, it was really cheesy. 
And it still was cool, though, because it had all my favorite characters in it. Superman and Wonder Woman and F- The Flash. And, and, you know, and I love the the Legion of Doom <laughs> with the Toy Man. The, you know, all that stuff. It was, and Grog and Solomon Grundy, you know. And, they, of course, they it just had all sorts of cool stuff in it, and I loved it, even though it was cheesy. Then, when uh, my kids were little, they came out with Justice League. And it was really cool. First off, it had way better acting in it and way better animation and really cool music and great sound effects and special effects. And it really did um, the whole idea of superheroes coming together justice. Pardon the pun. Even to this day when they come out with uh, the different... uh, like animated movies with Green Lantern and, you know, all sorts of different uh, characters and stuff. I still really enjoy getting that. Really enjoyed when they they did like the uh, special Justice League stuff too. And I kind of miss it. So, yeah, I love it. I I, I really think it's cool. Give it a thumbs up for me. Now, I did a little tribute to Justice League by doing a really kind of cool mashup song uh, on my iPad and then added some clips from from uh, some episodes of the Justice League. So it's not a really long song, but it jams. So enjoy this, and thanks again, Rico, for covering Justice League. I love Treks and Sci-Fi. It's been really fun to hear from all these different people doing the different shows. How cool is that? But I just have a soft spot in my heart for you, Rico. Wait a minute, that sounded weird. Anyway, okay. Well, here's the song, uh, the Justice League mashup. Heart's in the right place, but give me a break. I'm the fastest man alive. The home of the Amazon. I always thought it was merely a legend. I assure you, it's as real as the ground on which we stand. I am Diana, Princess of the Amazons. Pinch me, I must be dreaming. Ow! What's this all about? Over the past few months, I've detected several security breaches in our global deep space monitoring network. There's more to this than meets the eye. I'd like to stay and look into it, but I'm expected back in Metropolis. I telepathically summoned you. Look, I'm usually pretty quick on the uptake, but would someone please tell me what the heck is going on here? Most impressive. But what's it got to do with us? thought I could protect the world by myself, but I was wrong. Working together, we saved the planet. And I believe that if we stayed together as a team, we would be a force that could truly work for the ideals of peace and justice. What? Like a bunch of super friends? More like a Justice League. Do you have any idea how corny that sounds? Well, thanks so much for doing that, Rick. A great song, and I loved hearing your comments about Justice League. I know you're a big fan of this uh, series and these animated uh, Justice League movies that they do, which I wanted to kind of quickly run down as I wrap this show up, and I got a quick collectible uh, review to talk about too. But they've also done a lot of these um, animated direct movies uh, for the DC Universe. Some relate to Superman, uh, specifically some Batman. 
Um, but I'll run them down, and, and there's there's a, a good smattering of Justice League shows and, and, and movies in here, too. They had, they had that one star-crossed I mentioned before. There was, um, and again, I'll, I'll slip in the Superman and Batman stuff here. We've had, uh, and I found this on Wikipedia, nice, it's DC Universe animated original movies, directed DVD stuff. There was Superman Doomsday, Justice League The New Frontier, Batman Gotham Knight, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern First Flight, Superman Batman Public Enemies, Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, Batman Under the Red Hood, Superman Batman Apocalypse, All-Star Superman, Green Lantern Emerald Knights, Batman Year One, and the most recent, which just is just out now, uh, called Justice League Doom, which was really good. I really like that one a lot. I've, uh, I, I, I just saw it, and uh, basically it's uh, Superman, uh, or sorry, not Superman, Batman has these plans for how to take out all the Justice League members just in case they kind of go rogue or go over the dark side. And these uh, these plans uh, get into the wrong hands. Basically all, you know, of course, superheroes have to have some kind of weakness. Everyone knows, you know, Superman's is kryptonite and that. So each of their weaknesses, Batman has, has it on file and uh, he has a plan to take them out. And that's what Justice League Doom is, is out uh, is all about if these plans fall into the wrong hands, kind of, uh, so to speak. So seek those out. Seek out uh, Justice League. Un- unfortunately, unless I missed something, I looked on, uh, while I was listening to Rick's song, I looked on Netflix. It doesn't look like you can. S- these are streamable, at least on Netflix, which is a bit shocking, a bit surprising to me. Uh, so I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's on Amazon or, or other services. Maybe check those out, Amazon or Hulu. Of course, you can always buy them. I don't know if they ever show reruns online these days or online um, on cable these days either. But uh, very much worth seeking out. Definitely worth it uh, just to pick them up and buy them too. I, I got to finish off my my collection. I don't have uh, the last couple of seasons yet, uh, so I got to do that. I, I'm kind of actually waiting for them to have an all-encompassing all five seasons on Blu-ray set to come out. You know, I, I would definitely pick that up for for this series if they did it. But they don't have that out yet, so I've been like, eh, do I buy the single sets or do I just wait still or what do I do? I don't know. Okay segue over to uh, a Justice League collectible. Back when this series was airing around the the mid to early 2000s or early to mid 2000s, however the right way is to say it, uh, DC Direct uh, put out a very, very nice series of uh, animated uh, series maquettes, which is a a name for a sort of a small statue about eight, eight inches in height, give or take eight or nine inches in height. Uh, made out of ceramic. Uh, these are very well painted, uh, and they weren't really super expensive. Uh, they put these out maybe one every six months or so. I got lucky and was able to pick up about seven of the, the Justice League members. The the one from the really founding members that I'm still missing is uh, the Martian Manhunter, who was a little bit harder to get and uh, he pops up on eBay still once in a while uh, for kind of an expensive price. To give you a feel for these, they're they're about nine inches in height. When they were first released, if you bought them when they were released, they were maybe around 
75 to 100 dollars each which is not bad at all for what they are i'll put some pictures up uh i think there are pictures up of them also uh, if you go over to treksandsci-fi.com uh click the whatever it's called pictures or images link and there's a if you go to my collectible gallery there's pictures of all these i think in there um but uh they were in addition sizes of about three thousand some five thousand some less some more and the addition size made them uh determined kind of how hard they were to find and stuff but I, I tried to buy them when they were when they were coming out and, and got most of them that way but I've got one for Superman Batman Wonder Woman Aquaman uh, Hawk Girl Green Lantern and Flash so I, I, I got most of them here in my little uh, case that's standing over there against the wall uh, that's got some other collectibles in it and uh, they're very nice they're on these little bases they stand up real well they don't have any they're they're all one piece so they don't flop off or anything like that and uh and they really because it was an animated series they really capture the characters very well so you can probably still find them online uh maybe ebay other places they're probably some are not that expensive i know some of the edition sizes got up to around seven or eight thousand i think on a couple of them that made them pretty cheap pretty easy to find i know aquaman i think was 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 one of those i think and maybe the flash too wonder woman i know was a little bit harder to come across and find uh but uh you know seek them out if you're a fan uh, very nice collectibles to have for Justice League uh, and Justice League Unlimited. So, I uh, guys, I, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I'm going to just wrap this up right now and, and get out of here. Let me give you, I'm quicking over, uh, like, trying to give you a quick uh, rundown of what's coming up on the podcast. Okay, next week uh, on March, that'll be March 4th. This one I haven't announced before because I just found out about it. Meds did a special little podcast uh, about the TV series, a short-lived TV series. I think it was, was it on Fox? Probably because it was short-lived. <laughs> anyway, it, it did a, a podcast on the series Brimstone. That's going to be next week on the podcast, uh, coming up on March 4th. March 11th, I'm going to cover, but I'll be back that week in two weeks to cover the TOS episode, Who Mourns for Adonis from early in Season 2 of TOS. On March 18th, Jedi Jeff is going to be a guest host. He's going to cover the show, or not show, sorry, movie, Titan AE, for all of you. And on the 25th of March, to finish out the month, just about of March, I think, I'm going to cover the Enterprise episode, Sleeping Dogs. So that's coming up in the next month or so on Treks in Sci-Fi. Hey, everyone, I hope you've enjoyed the show, this look at Justice League and other topics, uh, extraordinarily interesting to us geeks and uh that's about all uh please itunes reviews paypal donations all that stuff is great uh, all information links to everything can be found at treks and sci-fi make sure to check out the podcast notes each week too i always put some tidbits and links to things that i've talked about on the show so uh take a look there and join us on the forums if you're not a member yet we'd love to have you so take care everyone watch some animated cartoons and superhero stuff it's great and we're going to get a lot of movies this summer, so you might want to learn, you know, bone up on some of these things if you're not a fan or not a real expert on, you know, who the arch enemy of the Flash is. I don't even know that, do I? I'm not a big, you know, up on the Flash. He's one of the characters that I've tried to learn more of over the, the recent years. I'm reading the current Flash comics. So, uh, okay, um, that's it. Everyone take care. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti and other special guests. We would love to hear from you. 
Write to us today at treksf at gmail.com. That's treksf at gmail.com. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise, Enterprise, Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations. Visit the website today at www.treksinsci-fi.com. Treks in Sci-Fi is a Rico Dosti production. Copyright 2012. All rights reserved. Treks in Sci-Fi.